Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. In today's episode, we are going to learn about a new king. Now, I know the question you might be asking, what about King Jeroboam and King Rehoboam? When we last left them, Jeroboam was king of Israel in the north, and Rehoboam was king over Judah in the south. We learned that, sadly, King Jeroboam had built golden idols in the northern kingdom for the people to worship. The Lord was grieved that Jeroboam had led the Israelites astray into idol worship. The Lord sent the prophet Ahijah to speak to Jeroboam. Ahijah was the same prophet who had told Jeroboam that he would be king over the ten tribes of Israel. Ahijah was the same prophet who had told Jeroboam that if he followed in the Lord's ways, his kingdom would be as great as David's. One day, Ahijah came to Jeroboam, but this time he came with a different word from the Lord. He told Jeroboam that his reign would end because of the idolatry he had brought into the land. Ahijah told Jeroboam that he no longer would be king and that his family line would come to an end so that there would be no one left in Jeroboam's family to reign on the throne of Israel. Ahijah said to Jeroboam, The Lord will raise up for himself another king over Israel who will cut off the family of Jeroboam. And sadly, that's just what happened. Now, in the meantime, in the southern kingdom of Judah, King Rehoboam ruled as king for 17 years. And for the first three years of his reign, he built up many of Judah's cities to be strong and fortified and ready for any kind of attack from any enemy. He strengthened their defenses and put commanders in them with supplies of food, olive oil, and wine. He put shields and spears in all the cities. And so, as he reigned over Judah and Benjamin, he began his reign as a good king. All of the Levites and priests and godly men and women who had fled from the northern kingdom under Jeroboam's wicked rule came to the south and supported Rehoboam. King Rehoboam walked in the ways of his grandfather David for about three years. But then something began to change in King Rehoboam. He began to marry many wives, just as his father King Solomon had done. And soon his heart began to change. The Bible says that he did not set his heart on seeking the Lord. Instead of seeking God for help and wisdom, he relied on his own strength. He had become strong and so he thought he no longer needed the Lord. The nation of Judah under King Rehoboam's reign began to do evil in the sight of the Lord. The Bible says they set up for themselves high places. Do you know what a high place is? I'm going to tell you what a high place is so that you can understand why this was such a horrible thing in God's sight. A high place was a place 
up on a hill or a mountain. That's why it was called a high place. The people in those days would build altars to false gods and idols up on the high places because they believed the higher they were, the closer they were to their false gods. And so the Israelites began to build high places in the land of Israel. You might be thinking, why would they build high places when they had the temple, the beautiful temple that Solomon had built where the presence of the Lord dwelt? Well, this is why it became an evil practice. This is why it was such a horrible thing in God's sight. They would build shrines or small houses where they would burn incense and make sacrifices to false gods. Some of these high places contained altars and even images, just like Jeroboam's golden calves. Except all throughout the southern kingdom of Judah, they placed Asherah poles at their high places. An Asherah pole was made out of a tree. It was simply a tree pole or a wooden pole that was set up and worshipped. These poles were named Asherah poles because they were idols to the false goddess named Asherah. Asherah was a false god worshipped by the Canaanites. The Canaanites were the people who had lived in the Promised Land before the Israelites lived there. When the Israelites conquered Jericho and the walls came down and they entered the land, many of the Canaanites were allowed to stay and live there among them. The bad thing about that was, instead of the Israelites spreading the good news to the Canaanites about Yahweh, the one true and living God, the Canaanites spread their belief in the false god Asherah to the Israelites, and many of the Israelites then began to worship Asherah. They worshipped her as the goddess of life. They believed she would help their crops to grow and help their families to grow and be abundant. Now, I am sure you are already thinking how detestable this was in God's sight. Asherah was not real. Asherah could not give life. Yahweh is the creator of all living things. He is the only one who can give life. He is the one who causes the rain to fall and the crops to grow and new life to form. King Rehoboam in the south, just like King Jeroboam in the north, had led the Israelites into idolatry. Because they had both turned their backs on God, there was constant war between King Jeroboam and King Rehoboam all of the days of their lives as kings. When Rehoboam died, his son Abijah became the next king of Judah. King Abijah also continued in the ways of his father Rehoboam. He too committed the same sins his father Rehoboam had by allowing the people of Judah to continue to worship the false goddess Asherah at the high places. Just like his father Rehoboam, Abijah's heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his great-grandfather had been. Now, I know what you must be thinking. Were there any good kings left in the land of Israel who would serve the Lord and follow him with their whole hearts? Before you give up all hope for the Israelites, this is the part of the story where I have some good news. Stay with me. Don't go anywhere. It just so happened that King Abijah had a son, and his son's name was Asa. Can you say Asa? 
Asa was different than his father Abijah and his grandfather Rehoboam. Somehow, somewhere, Asa had come to know Yahweh, the one true and living God. After King Abijah died, Asa became the new king of Judah. And the Bible says that Asa did what was right and good in the eyes of the Lord his God. Do you know what he did when he first became king? Asa removed those altars that had been built to the false gods. He tore down the shrines and idols at the high places. He took hammers and smashed those stones to pieces. The best part was that he cut down those detestable Asherah poles. He called upon the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to obey his laws and commands. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah. Asa knew that the only God to be worshipped was the one true and living God. He would not stand for idol worship as long as he was king. He pointed the people back to God. He led them as a king should. And because of this, the kingdom was at peace under his reign. He was able to build up the cities of Judah since the land was at peace. He rebuilt the walls that had been torn down during the battles between his father and King Jeroboam. He restocked the cities with good food to eat, olive oil, grains, and wine. He was able to make the land a good and safe place again since they were at peace and the Lord had given him rest. Let us build up these towns, he said to Judah, and put walls around them with towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours, because we have sought the Lord our God. We sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So the people built, and they prospered. Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields and with spears, and 280,000 from Benjamin, armed with small shields and with bows. All these were brave fighting men. One day, a man named Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with a vast army and 300 chariots and came as far as Marashah. King Asa went out to meet him, and they took up their battle positions. Then King Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. And so the Lord struck down the Cushites before King Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled, and Asa and his army pursued them. And so the Lord gave them great victory that day. Suddenly, the Spirit of God came upon a man named Azariah, and he went out to meet King Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, and without the law. But in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil and war. 
One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another. But as for you, be strong, and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. When King Asa heard these words, and what the Lord had said through Azariah, he took courage. The words of the Lord gave Asa courage. Courage to do what, you ask? Courage to complete the work he began as king. Courage to go throughout the entire land of Judah and Benjamin and remove the detestable idols. He also repaired the altar of the Lord that was at the temple where Solomon had built it so the Israelites could reinstall proper worship unto the Lord. Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and the people from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon who had settled among them. For large numbers of Israelites had moved from the northern kingdom and had come over to him when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. They all assembled at Jerusalem in the fifteenth year of King Asa's reign. At that time they sacrificed to the Lord and worshipped him and entered into a covenant to seek his face. Did you hear that? Did you recognize that word? Covenant. We've heard that word a lot, haven't we? Do you remember what a covenant is? If you said a promise or an agreement, then you are correct. They promised the Lord. They made an agreement with the Lord to seek His face and His face alone, not any idol. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and soul. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting and with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly and he was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. But there was one last thing, one final difficult thing that King Asa had to do. He knew it would not be easy. He knew he would need all the courage in his heart to complete this final task of obedience unto the Lord. What was it, you ask? What was it that would take courage and strength on the part of King Asa? Well, you see, King Asa's grandmother was still alive. She had been the wife of King Rehoboam, Asa's grandfather. And after Rehoboam died, she still lived as the queen mother, while her grandson, King Asa, ruled Judah. While King Asa had brought change and reform to the land as he smashed the altars at the high places, there was one Asherah pole left that he had not taken down. It was the Asherah pole of his grandmother. That's right, King Asa's grandmother had her own repulsive Asherah pole built where she herself worshipped the false goddess Asherah. And because she had this Asherah pole made, and because she continued to worship the false god, King Asa had her removed from her position as queen mother. Can you imagine the courage it must have taken for him to do this? His very own grandmother. He could have easily overlooked her and pretended not to have known about her idol worship and her Asherah pole. 
but he knew that God would see it. He knew that God's heart would not be pleased. And so he cut down the Asherah pole and broke it up and burned it in the Kidron Valley. And so Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. Dear Truth Seekers, what truth can we find in today's story? Did you notice a pattern? Did you notice some words being repeated over and over again? When we learned about King Rehoboam, the Bible said he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. When we learned about King Abijah, Rehoboam's son, the Bible said his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord. When we learned about King Asa, the Bible says his heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. I don't know about you, but whenever I hear words being repeated in the Bible, it makes me stop and take notice. There's a lot of talk about the heart in these stories. In fact, if we go all the way back to the story of when King David was anointed to be king, didn't God tell Samuel that he does not look on the outward appearance of a person, but he looks at the heart? So if this is true, then maybe we should take time to look at our hearts. Inside of our hearts is the ability to choose. God has given you the ability to choose to give him your full heart, not just a piece of your heart, not just half of your heart, not even most of your heart. He wants all of your heart. What does this mean to give God all of our heart? It means that in everything we do, everything we say, and every decision we make, we bring it to God first. To give God all of my heart is to give God all of my life. He is now the captain of the ship. We can say to God, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to say? Where would you have me to go? We bring everything in our lives to Him. We let Him guide us and lead us. When we look at our hearts, we also look to make sure that we haven't built any idols there. Idols that we might have made more important than God. Idols like TV or video games or toys or clothes or friends. These aren't bad in themselves, but if we have given them more of our heart than we have given to God, then they can become idols. You might be thinking, wow, God wants all of me. Yes, he does, because he loves you so much. He created you. He gave life to you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. In return, he wants us to choose to give him everything so that he can have his way in our lives to do great and glorious things. He wants to use you to show the rest of the world how amazing he is, how wonderful he is. When you let him have your whole heart, it's a beautiful thing. He comes and he heals you. He comforts you. He protects you. He takes care of you. And he is always, always with you. You may have asked Jesus to come into your heart, to live inside of you, but have you fully surrendered all of your heart to him? Can I tell you something? This is something we must do every single day. Every single day, we are tempted to forget God and forget his goodness. 
There are so many things that might distract us. Can you do something with me? Tomorrow morning when you wake up, can you say to God, Lord, I give you my whole heart. Have your way in me today. And then the next morning, will you wake up and say, Lord, I give you my whole heart. Have your way in me today. And every day after, will you let the Lord have his way in your life? In return, he will fill you with his presence and you will never be alone. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Kings chapters 14 and 15 and 2 Chronicles chapters 11 through 15. The reason why you can find this story in two different places in the Old Testament is because the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles both tell the stories of the kings, except in First and Second Kings, you will find the stories of both the kings of the northern kingdom and the kings of the southern kingdom. In First and Second Chronicles, you will only find the stories of the kings of the southern kingdom. So that is why I'm giving you two references so you can find the story in both places. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, first we come before you today asking you to shed light in our hearts. You see all things and you know the places in our hearts where we have not given you everything. Please forgive us for relying on our own strength and on our own wisdom. Please forgive us for setting up idols in our hearts that are not pleasing to you. We come now and fully surrender our hearts to you. We give you all of our hearts so we can say like King Asa, our hearts are fully committed to the Lord. Not just a piece of our hearts, but the whole thing. Please come and be our captain, our guide, our king, our leader, our savior. When we don't know what to do, help us to look to you. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to seek you every day with our whole heart. Together we say, Lord, I give you my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to stay tuned because on April 30th, the last day of April, I will be posting a Bible quiz challenge. The Bible quiz challenge will cover episodes from the month of April. So that will be this Thursday, April 30th. Stay tuned for the Bible quiz challenge. Thanks for joining me today and I'll talk to you soon.